No one has the balls to stand up like I'm doing right now. Stop the crap already. We're all Americans. We're all equal. I don't see black. I don't see Asian. I don't see anything but American. Welcome, everybody, to Bo Deedle's One Tough Podcast. Well, like every week, it's busy. First of all, my prayers go up to that off-duty cop up in the Bronx who was jogging, and he was attacked by three Credence in a dark model. I believe it's a black car. They jumped out. They beat him. He's in the hospital now. They beat his brain. His brain's bleeding. This is just a typical. This is an off-duty police officer. I talked to the mayor last night, Mayor Eric Adams. I was supposed to meet him, matter of fact, and he was on his way to the Bronx to the hospital to visit that officer and our heart and our prayers go out for that officer's recovery and also I'm very happy to say I've been texting uh, Bernard McGurk and uh, he had a little bit of a setback his appendix blew up and it was very touch and go but thank God for the great hospital of Sloan Kettering and I think Bernie the last text I just got is he's feeling stronger he's feeling better and we'll hopefully we have Bernie back with Sid soon because there is no dynamic duo better than Bernie and Sid and I love both of them like my kids now we had an incident that happened it's very important people know so you have a teenage girl named Kylie Rodini. Now, Kylie lived out in California, and she had went to a graduation party in Nevada. It's right on the border by Lake Tahoe. It's the Nevada border there between California and Nevada, and there was a party there. She was 16 years old. She had her car. She drove there, and she went to this place called Prosser Creek Reservoir. as Prosper Creek Reservoir. What happened was it was about two, two and a half weeks old. Now, who is Kylie Rodini? Well, the great lawyer, John Q. Kelly, the great lawyer from the fame of Natalie Holloway, he's the lawyer that the civil case, where he took the Heisman Trophy on a civil case away from O.J. Simpson. John Kelly is one of the finest attorneys for personal injury and all that kind of stuff. And this is a case hauntingly beautiful, young 16-year-old blonde gal that all of a sudden she disappeared and her car disappeared. Now they had over 300 law enforcement, FBI, Homeland Security, state troopers, everybody was there. Now there was one common denominator. Supposedly she was on the phone with her mom around 3.30, in the morning. And that was the last time she told her mother she was on her way home. Then all of a sudden, approximately 3.35, the phone went dead. That would make you believe that it got wet, obviously, and that would be my consensus as far as why would a phone go dead unless someone broke it, smashed it, or whatever. That could have happened. But the other thought was that it got wet, and when you know what happens when your phone gets wet, it shuts off. And now, all of a sudden, all these searches, you had so many volunteers, hundreds of volunteers, everything. So, you, again, you had over 300 law enforcement people, and you had— Three police dive teams that went into the water, used sonar. Now, where the party was, the they searched that area adjacent to where the party was, where the actual water was. Now they came in, but here's the guys, because I got a new, I got a new found hero. My new found hero are this dive crew, and I'm gonna send money to them because they're out there. They're a volunteer group. They're called AW. 
Adventures with Purpose. What they did, they came there and they were told by the police, oh, you don't have to search this area in the reservoir. We searched it three times. They didn't feel right about it. They went back in and they started their own sauna, their own search. Within 10, 15 minutes, they locate something that looked like a vehicle. The diver jumped into the water, and all of a sudden, there was the car, upside down. The diver went down, he checked the license plate, he had the license plate, and then he was able to observe that there was someone in the car there, and they were able to recover it. And I'm going to tell you something. These guys are my new unfound heroes. These are the guys that step up, not to knock law enforcement, not to knock the police, the law enforcement agencies, but these guys are really somebody who I have to take my hat off, and I want to congratulate them again. The, the group is AWP, Adventures with Purpose. It's a good group to support, and I'm certainly going to uh, support them. Okay, let's just keep up with our crime wave. You know, the one that really affected me was in the beginning of the week, there was a young man that was shot dead. Then all of a sudden, they had the funeral for him. And then his little, uh, his little brother, four years old, was hit by a car, and he was killed. Imagine what this poor family was going through. First, one of their sons was killed, and the next thing is the little four-year-old boy's killed. And again, we're talking about crime, how it's surging right now. I think the subway crime's up. They had new uh, crime statistics this week. I think it's up 40%. Eh, nice, just keep going up. And then the robberies and, and all the crimes across the city, carjackings, everything is up. This is what's going on in our city right now. Crime is surging. And we had this. we have this Kathy Hochul. All of a sudden now, she's a crime fighter. You know why she's a crime fighter? Because all the polls are starting to show people are getting sick and tired of her. She's a fugazi. Snaggletooth, you're a fugazi. Just keep putting that Botox into your eyebrows. You look like that good witch from the West, or you look like from Flash Gordon, uh, Emperor Ming. That's going to be your new name, Snaggletooth Emperor Ming, because your eyebrows are phony, and if they get any higher, they'll be in your damn forehead. Stop it, Hoko. Right now, everyone's begging for you to reconvene, reconvene the state senate, the state assembly. Let's get this bail reform thing. Stop waiting for election day. You know what? And I'm very disappointed with that Molinaro race up in uh, up in uh, <clears throat> north of the city. I thought he was going to win, and we needed him. We need him in Congress. He would have made a great congressman, Molinaro, and this other fella now beat him. And uh, you know what? I, I still feel as though there, there, there might be some kind of hope, but we don't know. I, I, would, I would hope that Molinaro had an uh, independent ticket that he can run on. I don't know the particulars on it, but I'd like Molinaro to run against him. Whatever ticket you got, an independent line, whatever line, please, I would love for him to try to run on another ticket. And as far as Porky Pig, uh, Fatso there, now he's not Fatso, he's uh, skinny. He looks like a, an alien, just like my friend Al Sharpton. Jerry Nadler. You know, that was some race there. Two libs. Maloney, Carolyn Maloney, Jerry Nadler. It was the, the good, not the good, the bad and the ugly. And that's what it was all about. And I just can't, couldn't believe how they pull these votes out. This is the Democratic machine of New York City. 
and I've talked about it. And it was great to hear one of your highlights on the uh, WABC radio. Whoever picked that highlight was great. And I'll just, for listeners, we'll go over it one time. When I ran for uh, mayor of New York City, just to show you the corruption that was there. So basically, I meet with my friend Ken Langone and Steve Cohen, who I I really care about both of them. They're good people, good family guys, great Americans. Steve Cohen owns the Mets now. He's a wonderful guy with law enforcement, with charities. Steve Cohen's is there, Marine Corps law enforcement, and any kind of charities, children's hospitals. Steve Cohen's a great man, along with Ken Langone, another great one. So they talked me into this. So I'm going to run for mayor. I decide I'm going to run for mayor. They call me, I meet with them, and they say to me, Bo, We'll give you full support to take out Big Bird de Blasio, but one condition. I said, what's the condition? You have to run as a Democrat, not a Republican. To me, Democrat, Republican, we're all the same. Whether you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, one issue is out there that you care about the people. And whether I wore the the Democratic line or the Republican line, I care about people in, in New York City. So I didn't really care. So at that point, I decide, okay, I'll change my party line. So I fill out this application, and it says to check boxes. So I check the box of Democrat from Republican. I also check a box that said independent. In my mind, I always figured I'd run on an independent line, law and order, whatever. So I'll check both boxes. So now uh, David Goodman from the New York Times calls me, and I fill this thing out. He goes, Bo, you're not on the uh, on the uh, on the ballot as a Republican or a Democrat. So I said, What are you talking about? So I call up the head of the board of elections, some schmuck that is a political uh, goofball bozo, and I said, Excuse me, Mister Head of Board of Elections. Right now we have. Uh, I'm trying to run for mayor of New York City. Why am I not on the line? He goes, Well, you made a mistake. Although the mistake has been made many times, we'll send you an affidavit. All you do with the affidavit, get it notarized, and we'll put you right on the Democratic line. I do it. I do exactly what he says. One month goes by. Two months goes by. It's around December. I get a call from David Goodman again. He goes, Bo, you're not on any line. I said, get out of here. So the next thing is I call this schmuck up, the head of the uh, Board of Elections, a real embedded. He's like a herpes. He's the herpes of the Board of Election, Mr. Big. And I say, excuse me, whatever his name was, I did what you told me to do. Oh, well, Mr. Deedle, we had a meeting, and I tell you, we decided you're not on any line this election. I said, wait, wait, I'm running for mayor of New York City. You're telling me I don't have a line? At least give me my Republican line back. Oh, we can't do that. Mr. Deedle, you don't have any line. I went crazy. I said, are you kidding? So I call up Marty Connors. Now, Marty Connors was a Democratic state senator. He had a reputation of being a uh, election attorney. So I call him. I said, Marty. I said, this is what happened. He goes, oh, no. I've handled this many times, Bo. Send me forty grand, and we'll take care of it. You have 40000 Marty got. And the next thing is... We, he says, we're going to have to sue him. So we go into the Supreme Court, and I'll never forget. I walk into the Supreme Court, and here's the big issue, because I was called a racist because of what I said. And here's exactly what I said. I have my lawyers. We walk into the courtroom, and if the judge didn't look, look at like Charlene de Blasio, not because she was black, she looked like Charlene de Blasio. So I'm, me being an honest guy, I said to my lawyer, well, we got a problem. Look at the judge. Looks like Charlene de Blasio. And all of a sudden, someone picked up on it. It's the same thing as if I was in divorce court 
and the judge looked like my ex-wife. I'd say to my lawyer, we got a problem. Look at the judge. It looks like my ex-wife. We got a problem. That's how I said it. I never denied saying it, but yet the liberal news media asked me that question. Me being a non-liar, liar, I said, well, why don't you get a picture of Charlene and the judge and compare if they don't look the same. Not because they're black, because their features. They look like sisters. Oh, Bo's a racist. That was the new thing that they had against Bo. So now I go into the courtroom, and I, I'm there, Your Honor, good morning. And the next thing she goes, well, Mr. Deedle, we've looked at this case. Now, who's standing on the other side? This is my case before Supreme Court. Who's there? Bill de Blasio's general counsel and two other schmuck lawyers. Why are they in my Supreme Court? What reason? They have nothing to do with this. But yet they were there. They had the ear of the judge. And the judge says to me, well, uh, uh, Mr. Deedle, I have some bad news for you. I said, I would, I'd like a hearing to express what happened. And she goes, well, we're not going to need a hearing. Mr. Deedle, this election for mayor of New York, you don't have a line. You're not a Democrat, nor are you a Republican. I looked at it. I said, are you kidding? So I walk out. Next stop is the appellate court. Same thing happens. Schmuck Big Bird de Blasio. And he was the demise. Not Eric Adams. Bill Burr, Big Bird de Blasio was the demise of New York City for eight years. He put us in the toilet bowl. Everybody wants to point fingers at Eric Adams. You know, let's give him a chance. He's trying to do the right thing. Everybody says, ah, look what he's doing. Well, put it this way. Bill de Blasio was the one person, this big creep. And I tell you what. I'm not a violent man, but if he's in Manhattan, because I know there won't be no bail, I could certainly slap him right in the face because he destroyed my city. Bill de Blasio, Big Bird, you destroyed it with your corruption. And remember, when I debated him, I'll never forget, I said right to his face, you're a criminal, your wife's a criminal, how much money do I have to give you to get something done? He was afraid of Bo Deedle. So now, let's fast forward. Appellate court, same thing. The Blasio's lawyers are there, right to the Supreme uh, Court of Appeals. So now, all of a sudden, I said, I don't care. I gave a couple hundred thousand of my own money, a few hundred thousand. I raised over a million something. So I said, I'm running. I'm not knotting down. I went all over the city. Now, all of a sudden, I get a call. Uh, there's a thing called Wilson Pakula. So Wilson Pakula was a thing where you can run uh, against someone if you get three of the five counties. So I get a call from the Bronx, the guy who heads that up, Bo, we want you to run. Then I get something from uh, Queens County, Bo, we want you to run. Now, Malatakis was the Republican nominee. Now, she's a great person. She's a great congresswoman. I hope she wins. But Bill de Blasio was not afraid of Malatakis. He was afraid of one person, Bo Deedle, because I'd be up in his face all over. I actually had news conferences at Foley Square where I took out handcuffs and I was waving them here, Bill Bird, Big Bird, we're going to lock you up for bribe receiving. And then all these negative things, we were there. I was out in his face. So Queens County Republicans said, Bo, can you come for our candidates night? Okay, so I go over there. Malatakis gives a speech. Very cordial, they clap. I give my speech. Place went crazy. They all knew me from when I lived over in Ozone Park in Richmond Hill. That's where I grew up. Next thing is, next thing is, they endorsed me. I think it was 17 to 2 or something like that. Queens County endorses me. All of a sudden, it comes out all over. Now, I'm not even a Republican, but they're endorsing me. Next thing is, I get a call from uh, 
uh, this guy, Ed Cox, I know he's very friendly with John and everybody. And he calls me, he goes, Bo, what are you doing? I said, what am I doing? I'm trying to run and take out the Blasio for mayor in New York. I said, can you give me permission to run on this Wilson Bakula? No, we can't do that. I said, why? If I lose to Malatakis, I will support her with all my votes and all my money. I don't care. We have one thing. We have to take Big Bird de Blasio out. Oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. So then I continued to run, and I just I just was so depressed about I never had a line. Then the Coupe de Gras was election day when I couldn't find my name. They put me on the bottom of a list underneath some Asian guy. I didn't even know. People called me up saying, Bo, we can't find you. We can't find you. Yeah, you couldn't find me because they buried me at the bottom. And that was my run for mayor. But I didn't stop. Gay Pride Parade, I had a pink jacket on, rainbow shirt. I was very, I danced two miles up the street, uh, everywhere I was, every Dominican Republic. I actually went to the Dominican Republic after that police officer was killed, the Dominican officer, and I went to three major cities in the Dominican Republic to show my support for the Dominican community about the crime problem that one of their own would gun down who uh, a woman police officer who had, uh, I think, three children, and I ended up giving her 10 grand through the Daily News for her family, and I really continued to run. I ran hard, but you know what? You, I was running in something that I really had no kind of, of uh, credence of winning because I wasn't even on the damn ballot. So now what happens is election day, couldn't find it. I lose. We had three debates, I, and the debates I had with Bill Big Bird de Blasio were great, and I called him a criminal to his face, and at the end of the debates, he ran off the stage every time I debated him, every time he seed me. I mean, this is a six-foot-seven guy with uh, with a ball bag like BBs. He had, he's, not, he's not a man. He's not a man that would even confront me, and I'm a little guy. I'm five-foot-eight, and this guy's six-foot-eight, whatever the hell he is. He's a punk, and you know what? That's exactly what we had. I'm so happy that he lost the congressional race. You know what? That would have been a real, real, I would have felt like throwing up if he won that. So now all of a sudden we have our city and, and that was my whole run for mayor. So you can hear whatever you want, say whatever you want. And in my last endeavor in the uh, prior to that was 86 when I ran for United States Congress for the 6th Congressional for my friend Joe Adabo, who I was with his son, who I support, Joe Adabo Jr., state senator from South Queens, from the, uh, from the area where I grew up. A great man. I support him. He's a Democrat. I support him 100%. He's a great family man, Joe Adabo Jr. So I ran for his dad's seat, and then all of a sudden, Ronald Reagan called me to Washington. I met with Lee Atwater, and now we're running for Congress. The area was seven to one, I think, Democratic registration, but I didn't care. So we ran uh, on, the, on the crime crack and corruption. I think my friend Rudy stole my three C's, but I, I have no problem. I love Rudy Giuliani. And crime crack and corruption was first announced in 1986 when I ran for Congress. So now I'm running, and all of a sudden, I'm running hard against the Reverend Floyd Flake and my friend Al D'Amato. He goes, uh, I said, Al, you're gonna, he took pictures with me first. I said, you're going to endorse me for the general election? He goes, let's see what happens in the Democratic primary. I laughed at him. I said, what, what, what difference does it make with the Democratic primary? He goes, let's see. Uh, uh, Walden was running against the Reverend Floyd Flake. Next thing is the Reverend Floyd Flake wins. 
And I go to Al D'Amato, a uh, senator. I says, you're going to support me. On Fresh Pond Road, I grabbed him by his shirt. I said, you got to support me. And then all of a sudden, I grabbed him by his shirt, he, I, and I said a couple of things to him. I was really mad. I said, you got to support me. He pulled away, and he didn't support me, and he endorsed my opponent. This is a Republican. I started to learn about politics then. Next thing that happens is we could fast forward on this thing. It was so funny. I'm at Joe DeCandia's place, Lenny's Clown Bar, on Cross Bay Boulevard, and I'm having my victory night even though I lost. And I lost by about 20-something hundred votes. And next thing is Brian McCabe, nice fella, nice family, nice Irish family from the Rockaways. So he ran. He was dumped in there last minute as a third-party candidate. He took about 4,000 votes from the Rockaways. I don't think they would have been Floyd Flay votes. They would have been my votes. So I'm with him and his wife, very nice people. And I said to him, Brian, we ran a good race. I said, we lost. He, the wife goes, oh, no, we didn't lose. The next day, it was announced that Brian McCabe was the chief of staff for who else? The Reverend Floyd Flake, the new congressman. That's when I started to realize about the dirtiness of politics. I'm sorry for going into all these things, but people have to realize one thing. You know, you learn about the disgusting dirtiness of politics. There's no loyalty. It's win by any means, lie, cheat, and everything. And we have to. We have to support Lee Zeldin. Lee Zeldin, please, moderate Democrats, conservatives, anybody. Lee Zeldin is our only hope for this state. Please come out. And whatever you believe in, believe in one thing, the safety of your children and your grandchildren. Crime is so prevalent. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm scared. I'm scared for my children and my grandchildren. I'm scared for all the people out there. You know, I carry a 9 millimeter legally, but I'm afraid for other people. They can't carry these guns. And the victims out there, what is going on with these sucker punches? you got to look around all the time. I mean, you got to be very omnipresent. Look around. Don't put your head in your lap and not pay attention. It's so important. And, you know, this is something that I think that we should all think about. Let's all support Lee Zeldin against Kathy Hochul Ming. She looks like Empress Ming with her eyebrows there. And, of course, we know what's going on with the migrants. Free phones, free health care, free school, free school supply. People who are Americans, who are born in this country, are struggling with their family for education, struggling to make ends meet, struggling struggling for food. And then all of a sudden we're, we're welcoming everybody. Half of them, we don't even know who they are. That's the half that we didn't catch. Who's in our country? What's going to happen? This country, at this, the way we continue, will be a crime America. America, the crime capital, and that's what it is. And then one more issue— one more issue we have is that this punk from Parkland School massacre, they're having a trial over there, and they're arguing he had a tough childhood. Let me tell you about a tough childhood. Growing up in Ozone Park, where the father was born in Germany, with a belt buckle over my butt every day if I looked at my mother the wrong way. I'll tell you about tough, being beaten to the ground. I'll tell you about being 
tough when an Irish cop comes in with a nightstick because I was sitting in the park after dark where he, I still got, I'm feeling my knee now. I have indentations in my knee. He beat me with that nightstick. I blimped home. And you know what? I told my father, he goes, what, what happened to you? I said, nothing, nothing. He said, all I said was the word cop. He beat me for another hour. That's growing up tough. So stop the bull crap. This kid from uh, this massacre in Parkland, fry this kid because those little children will never see Christmas. They'll never see Easter. They'll never graduate high school. Where is the victims? Where are these parents and grandparents who'll never have their grandchildren again? I feel for them. I'll fry that kid. You know what? He had a tough childhood. Tough crap. I'm stopped. I don't want to worry about the criminals. I want to worry about the victims. Let's band together. Please, let's support Lee Zeldin. And that's what's going to happen on this podcast. I hope that nobody gets offended by what I've said, but these are all the facts. God bless everybody. Till next week. Thank you very much. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.